Let us pray. O oh Lord, our Heavenly Father God, we thank you for today. Because you loved us, that's why we are alive today. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word once again. Father Lord, as we listen to your word, Father, may you speak to us individually and collectively. That your word will go forth and it will not come back to you without achieving its purpose in our lives in Jesus' name. O oh Lord, take control and may you be heard and know me for we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. May the Lord bless all of us in Jesus' name. The topic for today is learning to depend on the word of God. It's still going with the theme of the church at this period. Living by every word of God. And when I went through the chapel program, I see that the, this period, this year, is all about the word of God. And I say, may the Lord be praised. Because the word of God, as contained in the Bible, that's why we are Christian. You are not Christian because you were alive when Christ was here. Neither has any of us seen God. But we see God on daily basis through his word. Because as Christians, renew, we renew our mind in the word of God on daily basis. I want us to go to the test of today. Which is in Luke. Gospel of Jesus Christ as recorded by St. Luke, chapter 5. From the first verse to the eleventh verse. But I'm going to read just from the first verse to the, to the seventh verse. Now, so it was, as the multitude pressed against him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and told the multitude from the boats. Now, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. So this was the experience of Peter, who as of now was not yet an appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. Yes, he has had contact with Christ initially. That was the previous chapter when the Lord healed his mother-in-law. And she ministered unto Christ. 
his knowledge of Christ, even at that time, cannot be described as intimate. And when we are reading, the Bible says that they were washing their nets. So what does this mean? It means that they've accepted the situation of that time. They've already packed for the day. They've lost up of any catch. They've just made up their mind. Because of what? The word of God has not come through that time. So it was all about their physical struggle. And this same thing is applicable to us in our lives. As, in, as individuals, some believe in our abilities. When we are doing certain things, we don't call God into it. We don't speak the word of God into it. We keep on struggling on our own. So that was the situation Peter found himself at that time. And even when he was told to let down the net, just like many of us, we started giving excuses. As if Jesus Christ didn't know that he had toiled all night and that he caught nothing. Because had he been he caught something, that boat won't be empty. They will be offloading the fish that they caught. But you know, when you go to market, you don't sell market. You come back early. At least, even if you don't sell market, let me rest. I think that was their situation here. And their boat was useful for the Lord. Because the crowd was pressing on him from one side. And what do you have? You have river on the other side. So he has to move using the boat to be on the river and be talking to the people. Because they cannot get into the river. So he served a purpose for the Lord at that moment. So when he was told to let down, he started giving excuses. But something happened. Because of the little knowledge he's had about Christ, he's had with Christ. He said, okay, by your word. By your word. Because of your word, which I believed which I know about, by that little knowledge I have about you, by that little knowledge I have of you, I will do it because of what you've said so. I've done everything all this while, no positive results. Then what do you want me to do? But because I know who you are, I know the efficacy of your word, I will let down my, I will let down the net. So it's like when we depended on when we depend in the word of God. Of course we know what happened. They let down the net and the catch was so much and the net was almost breaking and that they have to call others to come and help them. That's the basic situation in our life. When you let the word of God to come into your life and you depend on it. Not depending on it haphazardly or halfway. Now, our generation, we are so learned. We are so knowledgeable that there are things about God that somebody tells you something. You feel that, I mean, I'm a normal, this thing sounds like a stupid thing. I'm educated. The ones that you are not clear with, you use your phone, you browse, and it doesn't make scientific sense. 
and another thing, apart from the Bible, give me your reference. Cite which one? Cite this, cite this. We were in the theater the other day, one young man, I later found out he wasn't Christian, and there were a little argument, he just, I saw, he told me, do you, do you buy into this rubbish idea too? That this thing is not logical, this thing you are talking is not logical. And in a situation like that, what I normally do, I'll stop the argument and I'll leave because I know it's not leading me to anywhere. Word of God brings about fruitfulness. You can't be a child of God and you can't be fruitful. It's basically impossible. You have to assess yourself and reassess yourself. There will be visible signs that you have God in your life. It cannot hide. There is this blessing, there is this thing about yourself that people around you can never really understand. And then, if you are a child of God and your life depends on His Word, it won't be just for you. People around you will feel it. Either by extension or anywhere. That's why when Peter accepted the Word of God and did what the Lord told him, even the fish he caught wasn't just for him. People have to come and help him and they were marveled. Because maybe even them too, they were in the same shoe with Peter and they caught nothing too, obviously. So learning to depend on God, I, when I was like reading about this thing, because each time you have a topic or a sermon to preach, you have to be slightly selfish about that. You have to first of all read it to talk to yourself and get the benefits and then you share it with others. So I was like, what are the key words there? Learning, trust, depend, and then the word of God. So I checked on dictionaries and what I got was like, it marveled me. Wikipedia put it this way, it's an act of acquiring new or modifying and reinforcing existing knowledge, behaviors, skills, values, or preferences, and may involve synthesizing different types of information. You may be a child of God, you believe you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But you've not fully come to realize the wealth in the Word of God, the power there may be. You've not started depending on it. So that's why the topic says you have to learn it. And it's a gradual process that progresses over time. And this, most of the time, in challenging times... I can authoritatively tell you that it is only the Word of God that will see you through. It's only that Word of God that cannot make you to think in a very funny way. It's only the Word of God that will make you not to ask certain questions. Because the Word of God, that's where you get the information from. The information you get knowledge and knowledge needs to wisdom. Depending means trusting, having full faith in something, relying on that thing, believing in it. Because you can't depend on something you don't believe, be it human being, be it anything. 
If you don't have that trust, what you do, you accept some part of it, but you can't say depend. Depend is like when you have support on something that if that thing is removed, then you will lose your balance. There are two factors that I really found out that is very important and necessary in order for you to trust or depend on the word of God. One of them is who is the person? Who is the speaker? If this word is word of God, is spoken by God, then is that speaker trustworthy to you? Or is it just a feeble matter like anybody, let's say this change agenda thing, today is this way, the other day is this way, we say this today, we don't say this thing. Does he say this thing today and tomorrow is another thing? From the time past, his word is it always true. Does it change? Is it affected by weather? Is it affected by situation? Does the same word of God, does it come to your own situation and it will change? Is it the same yesterday? Is it the same today? Is it the same forever? Those things will make you to know whether this is the word. Is it dependable? Then, before you trust what this person has spoken, do you know him? Is it just hearsay? Is it what other person transferred to you? Do you have any relationship with him? How intimate is your relationship? That's why sometimes people can beat themselves and say, this person cannot do this. This person, I know him. He cannot do this. That's why a Christian will say, I know the God I'm serving. I know his word. His word is ever true. That this is this. So these factors, the speaker, your relationship with him. Because if you've not really had a relationship with him, you've not intimately known him, his personality, his aura, everything about him, then you cannot. At this point in time, you start thinking, this Bible self of Ukwezioku, you start thinking, doubting the personality of God. But if you know him, and have relationship with him, and really had this contact with him, no matter what anybody is telling you, because there is something personal, there is this communication, nobody, no situation can waver it. Even if things seem to be going seemingly not the way you want it, even when your prayers seem not to be answered, even when it's, it's like God is deaf to your prayers, I remember then there was a difficult situation in my life and uh, one of my friends said I should read one verse in the Bible. And what was written there was, God remembered Noah. So I asked him, But there can be situations like that. And when you are not rooted, when you don't have that personal touch, those situations will make your faith to have quakes. Will make your faith. And that moment is the moment that the enemy plants the seed of discord in your thought, in your chain of thought. And then you start doubting things. And that's why you see a strong Christian that passes through one trauma or the other. 
Immediately that thing comes in, you see that the Christian won't stand again because his thought pattern has been deranged. He has started thinking the way he should not think. And we know that when you believe, that's where faith comes. Many of us will believe in the word of God. We have Christ as our Lord. Or we have him as our Savior. Sometimes we don't have him as both. Because we have him as Savior because we know he died to shed his preacher's blood for us. But when it comes to being our Lord, when you have a Lord, he takes over everything about you. No one single situation is left for you. But we know. There's one evil thing that used to make me laugh. I say, as a child, and the boy he was about to beat was trying to cover his eyes. And his son entered his eyes. And he started crying. That is why So, that is send a signal in my mind. And I heard about a situation where somebody was going somewhere very close by. And uh, somewhere like, ah, safe journey. And he was like, ah, ah, from ever to ever, okay, Johnny. And, I, and ironically, the boy had an accident, he hit his head against the floor and he died. Something that is not up to half, half a mile is trackable. But you know, Okada bike has made some of us to be very lazy at a time. And we know that when you believe something, you act in that direction. When you have faith in something, you act. But when you don't, you don't act. Peter believed this word. That's why he threw the net. He knew the capability and the ability of Christ's word. If not that, I've been in the sea throughout the night, and you think that this time there is even a daytime, when catching of fish is more difficult, and you ask me to do, I'll tell you, please, I'm tired. But he said, by your word, I will do that. Because he has believed the word of God. Some of us, we don't take certain action because we don't believe. Because of what? It seems to us not possible. With our eyes, normal sight, and not by faith. And then when you look at the qualities, qualities of the word of God, I will just, one or two qualities because my time is kind of limited. There are some of the qualities of the word of God that really made me to marvel. In Psalm 1830, the Bible said that the word of God is perfect. Some use the word flawless, some translations. Some use the word blameless. His ways, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of God is proven. Proven means that over time, it keeps on giving the same results. It does not change. Over time, test it. For something to, be, to say to be proven, it means that it has been tested over time. And He is a shield to who, those all who trust Him. Praise the Lord. In Matthew 24, 30, 35, the Bible made us to know that the word of God is everlasting. It does not change. 
even if heaven and earth passes away, this world will not pass away. Not at all. So that means even our present generation passes away. Even this world is destroyed. The world remains the same and doesn't change. When I see what is happening in some of our Bible translations these days, I marvel. Like for some of us that use NIV, some of the names there have been changed. Some of the verses are no more. The publisher that bought it now, they reduced a lot of things. I told my wife about it and we started checking. About 12 to this thing, 12 to certain verses have been removed. And that is what is going on now. That is what is going on in this generation. Even now, they have a, is it Queen Elizabeth edition? That's the homosexual Bible. It has entered the market now. Where you have God, you have she. They say that God is not, uh, it doesn't discriminate about uh, sex. That who told you, if we are created in God's image and likeness, who told you that God is a man? So this is the fallacy of this generation. When things are thwarted, and when things, the word of God is just being preached, in such a way we want to hear it, and it will be testful to us. I heard a testimony of uh, a musician, Frank Edward. I heard he grew up in Enugu here before going down to Lagos. He said when he released his first song, that some people heard it in Europe, and they were like marveled. I said, how can a Nigeria have this kind of talent? They say, okay, we will sell this song. It will go everywhere in the world. But you do one thing for us. Those places you call Jesus, convert it to God. That God is more acceptable and more distant than Jesus. If you want to sell your products. And the money they told him was something very huge. He thought about it, thought about it, prayed about it, and told them, you can go to blazes with your money, that Jesus remains in my song. And he missed that contrast. But God invariably blessed him through different ways. That up to this stage, he talked about his collaboration with Domoy and everything. And he was saying that maybe had it been he did that, maybe he wouldn't know what is happening to him now. He would have lost it. That is the generation we are now. Word of God is needed for growth and nourishment. In First Peter 2.2, 2, he said as newborn baby, you should desire this word. He didn't say whether you are adult. Every Christian should desire this word of God. That you may grow thereby. You need the word of God to grow. And as you grow... With the word of God, your faith gets stronger. You have a better understanding, even have a better relationship with God. That whenever anybody says anything, you will give him one verse in the Bible to counter whatever he's saying. And I can tell you there is answer to anything in the Bible. Though some people use some negative one, turn it like the alcoholics will tell you why is it that Jesus Christ turn water into wine. Why was it his first uh, miracle? To tell you that he approves of it. If not that he will have done something else. Maybe raise people from the dead. 
That is a big fallacy. It purifies. It's only word of God that cleanses. In the same Psalm 119 verse 9, he was asking a question, the psalmist, how can a young man stay in the path of purity? It's by living according to the word of God. He asked specifically about youths. And we know as youths, our, our listen, we are more prone to be erratic in our actions. Because everything depends on our strengths. And we are very hormonal. But if you see yourself, if you are worded, you see yourself in certain situations. You just ask yourself, one scripture or the other, you will log off immediately. Know that that mistake you are going to make is not worth it. And it's not even as a child of God, you shouldn't do it. But you have to be worded. You need to have it in you. Because if it is not in you, you can't get it out. You don't give what you don't have. And you can't say what you don't have knowledge of it. Because if you don't know what you are looking for, you can't find it. In our MB class that time, year three, they will give us microscope. You look into the microscope. Some of us that don't know some of the cells, everything will look like sand. So when you look at it, even if you spend one hour there, you don't even know what you are looking It will be glaring at you. But you don't know what you are looking for. So what you don't have in you, you cannot give it out. It's basically impossible. Then what are the benefits? First of all, word of God brings illumination. The psalmist said it, that your word is lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. When you have your path illuminated, you will see clearly, you will not make mistakes. When you have your lamp holding it and be walking, I don't think you have your lamp and walk into a pit. Except you intentionally want to walk into the pit. It's not like you are walking in darkness or you are oblivious of where you are going to. We should take the light in the Lord because the Lord is His Word. He will give you the desires of your heart. When you depend on Him, you basically depend on His Word because you don't see Him, but the Word is with you. The desires of your heart will always be given to you. Then you ask me why. Word of God makes no sense to people who don't understand God in the context of His Word. When you detach God as another and detach His Word, it can never make any meaning to you. But if you see God in His Word, then it makes a better meaning to you. And this will lead to a relationship whereby God makes Himself known to you through this Word. And then, there is active participation in our life. When you work on Him through His Word, that Word will be working with you, within you. And then, that's when you have this God having active participation within you. And then, the, you, even when you pray, you pray in harmony with His Word. You pray according to His Word. And when you pray according to the will of God, you are not asking amiss. And you see that most of your prayers will be answered because you know the mind of God. You pray in consonance with His 
with his word. You are praying in conformity with his word. You are not praying here, Tasketa. It's like an energy that is channeled in the right direction. And it's not like you scatter everything. The one he wants, he should go and pick. You know it's few words, not plenty words. You are playing, praying the mind of God. In John 1, 1 John 7, 14 to 15. Please, can anybody read it for me? 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Praise the Lord. It's the verse is just very self-explanatory. We don't need to throw more light on it. It is just the way it is there. Then the next question is, how do we do this? First of all, you have to be immersed in the Word of God. I didn't say you should read or skip through it. And it has to be a daily practice. You have to meet God on daily basis through His Word. It's not fire brigade approach. You leave Him for one week, Saturday you cover for the week. No. It has to be an everyday thing. It has to be part of you. And when you are doing it on daily basis, it's not far away from you because you are constantly in touch. It's not one contact thing, later you leave it. You have to make out time to read it, to set the mind of God on daily basis if you really want to have a relationship with Him. And when you form it as a habit, any day you don't read the Bible, you just have this feeling of emptiness. There is something you would have done today that you've not done. Even Christ himself, when he was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, he did not fight the devil or anything. He gave back the word. The devil quoted the word. He quoted another one for him. The second time, he quoted the word. He quoted another one for him. He thought one. He quoted the word before he said, away from me, Satan. Because you don't have anything new. You don't have anything different to offer. So if Christ, the Son of God, can be so worded, can be so knowledgeable about the word, what of us? Yes, we are children of God, but we have to follow the examples of Christ. Christ was very scriptural when he was on earth. So as a child of God too, which Christ is a child of God too, when he was on earth, he is the Son, an incarnation of God on earth. He was rewarded. So if you are a Christian, you are empty if you don't have the word. Maybe Satan will throw it to you, like convert bread, stone into bread. He knew that he was hungry, and he targets our weak points. That thing we yearn for. That thing that we need at that moment so badly. That thing that when you do it, nobody will see you. It will just be within you, and it will be covered up. But when you have the word, even when you are even giving it consideration, when you think about it, you know that the word of God said this about this. So it is not right. I cannot be seen doing this. Another thing I've noticed in my little work at the hospital is that sometimes, depending on the word of God, amounts to putting God on trial. Depending on the word of God is very different from putting God on trial. Because even in the temptation of Jesus Christ, 
The devil wanted to put God on trial. Some will tell you, march on the serpent, it will not do anything to you. What the Lord was trying to say there is that even if, even if, but it's not when you use poison, you drink, or you see snake, you put your leg. When we are small, there is the case of uh, Ebado Daniel. The person feels that he's so prayed up, that his Holy Spirit fasted how many days, and entered the lion's destiny in Ebado, the Azul, and the lion finished him. That's putting God on trial. But depending on his word, is like when you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you will fear no. If there is need for you to pass through it, there is no shaking. You will pass through it and nothing will happen. But if it's something you bring on yourself, you are trying God. And the trial of God, he knows what you have in mind. You are not trying to prove that you are a child of God. You are trying him. And so there are two different things. Let us not try God. But if you see yourself in difficult situations, Call upon the Lord. Call on His word. Speak His word. And you'll see what will happen. And for us to be, for us to depend fully on the word of God, we have to be like children. We have to throw away our logical thinking. We have to throw away our degrees. We have to throw away our sense. You know, evil people got sense. A lot of us, because of the situation we see ourselves, we are into logical thinking. One plus one is two. But in things of faith, sometimes one plus one is not always two. You just have that faith, you believe. And when you believe without doubting, forget it. Whatever it is, the Lord will be at, at top of the affair. It's written in uh, Matthew 13, 3. Unless you become like a child, you should not enter the kingdom of heaven. What the Bible is making use of here is the quality of a child. Children, you tell them, I will go out, I will do this for you. They believe. And they have this level of dependency. And it's this dependency that the Lord wants from us. Whatever His Word says, you just believe it without doubting, without trying to put him to trial or analyzing it, going too logical about it. Because if you go logical about things of God, you will be confused. And that was the enemy used in defeating many of us. He tried to make you to rationalize things, to go logical, to change standards. That some people will tell me, um, uh, uh, that Bible you are reading, it was written um, 2,000 years ago. Is it still relevant today? Things that were obtainable then, is it still still today? I told them one thing I know. Yes, you are right. But the one thing you don't know, that the basics, the principles are still useful and will remain useful to, forever. Yes, their pattern of clothing has changed. The structure of houses they live, they've changed. But the word of God still remains true, even till now. Another way is you have to know Christ and having Him as your Lord and personal Savior. If you don't have Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, there's no how you can believe what He says. There's no how you have that relationship. You may end up just a church goer. You go to church, you come back, you go home. If you do praise worship, your emotions will play on you. You will feel high because there is part of the brain. There is a level you go and praise worship. That part of the brain will feel good 
and release dopamine. And when he releases it, you feel as in spirits. You feel spirit filled. But immediately you are leaving that gate. That's why some of us will leave this church. We may just end up in Biafalo without even dropping the Bible at home. We may end up, those things at that moment that the um, dopamine and serotonin we are releasing and their receptors, we are picking them up. Those things you just say. That's why many of us, we answered altar call up to 820 times. I'm a culprit. I answered up to three times. So it's not like it's not something that is not real. It happens. But when you start searching the word, you start seeing something different. That's why when you see great men of God, when they come, all tackle, the crowd will fool everywhere. When you see the person, they say, it's not quite a all tackle, the other day, or some narrative, and they are not even a medal day. It's true, it's funny, but it's true. That's why one of the most important things is that when a person gives his life to Christ, you have to support him with the word. You start loading him the word. Follow up discipleship. That's the, one of the most important parts in building a Christian. There's the kind of word you deposit in somebody. It's not possible. Even in children, some of us that went to schools far from home, even if we are not overworded, the little ones we have that time, but if you are so empty, anyone they say, you just keep on doing it. That's why children should be loaded. I read a book that said that if you give children enough food from 15, uh, 5 to 15 years, you finish your work in the child. You finish your work. It's not when a child is 18 years, you start beating him, not that we here, not that men can, no. From five years, even as little as they are, if they have that rational thinking, by five years, you start giving age-appropriate dose of word. When it's 15, it's tested, it's proven. There is no two ways about that. There is no two ways. So, as Christians, I implore all of us, a Christian is a person of faith in Christ as Lord our personal Savior. You are supposed to be reading the Word of God. You are supposed to be eating it. When I say eating, you have a feel of it. It enters your system. It is absorbed by all the organs, even down to the DNA. And you have to leave it. Leave it in the sense that I've always had problems by people saying that Christianity is a religion. To me, Christianity is a way of life. Religions are practiced when you come to place of fellowship or something. But as a Christian, wherever you are, you remain a Christian. And if you are one, and you don't carry your Christianity around, not just speaking it, yes, you speak, but when your life does not show there is something different, between you and others. Please, let's just check ourselves. You have to live it. There's no two ways. You live the life of a Christian. That's why there's nothing like good or bad Christian. If you're a Christian, you're a Christian. There is an aberration already. That's why we start having good Christian and bad Christian. Because I've read through the Bible, the little part I've read and I've known, 
I've not seen where they wrote good Christian. I know that in Antioch they were called Christians because of what they have the name of Christ. Their style of living, everything is like that of Christ. So their style of living. And when you do this, God will visit us to perform his miracle in our life. Even Jeremiah even recognized this in Jeremiah 15:16, at the NIV version. He said, when your word came, I ate them. And they were my joy and my heart delight. I bear your name, O God Almighty. So the question for all of us here, do you bear that name of God? Do you have that seal? That wherever you go, that aura will go with you. When they are doing dealings. I do tell some students, some of my students, I tell them, if certain things are being planned, and you are, they didn't say, don't tell this thing to this person, that he's a Jew man, then there is a problem. Or when they say, don't sell this idea to this person, he will not buy it, then there is a problem. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We know that your word, Lord, goes out and it must achieve its meaning, its purpose. And your word bringeth understanding. May this your word have gone forth, bring understanding in our life. That will solely depend on you and on your word. Because your personality is in your word. That whatever situation we are passing through, we will look up to you by reading your scripture and then believing on the promises you made unto your people. Lord God, that even at the end of time, we will be among the number. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord.